Hello and welcome to Learning with Lynn podcast. This is Lynette Lynn. So today I have uh, Russ Rausch from Vision Pursue. And part of the purpose of this podcast is really to learn and to learn through my eyes. So it's a very interesting podcast because Russ, just like most of you listening here, was formerly from the futures industry. He worked at TT and also worked in a hedge fund and lived the fast-paced life. Yet, he found while he was in the peak of his career, great dissatisfaction and started asking questions of the why and how and asked what was it that really would make him happy. And it was interesting for this because when I was talking to him, I was expecting a lot more things on the how and the tools and the tips to really increase your mindset, how to make you focus. But really part of his training was more, instead of the how-tos, was more on how do you focus the internal and the internal happiness and the intrinsic rewards that you get rather than the extrinsic goals that we set. So that was an interesting thing. And it made me really think more about the why and the why we live. So listen to him and I think as you start to listen, think about more deliberately the why that you do. And I think by removing the noises in our heads, the things that we try to think over and over again, that would actually lead us to more satisfaction in our lives. So enjoy. Hi, and welcome to the podcast of Learning with Lim. Today, we're happy to have Rush Rouse from Vision Pursue. Thank you for coming to the podcast. Again, he is, has a very interesting story about himself and what he does right now. And it's really about not the body training, but the mind training and training the mind. And Russ um, came in with our seminar for Training Asia event where he was helping a few people and everyone had a very nice takeaway on what happened and what they learned from it. So Russ, without further ado, can you please explain what you do now and how even you came to that place in time right now? Hey, Lynette, thanks for having me. And uh, I'd be happy to. So first of all, I come from the trading industry. I haven't always been there, but I, I started in the Chicago trading industry in 1998 and worked for Trading Technologies. Some people know that firm in the trading business. And when I started there, there was 20, about 20 people. So it was really very much in the startup phase. And I won't bore you with the long story there, but I was there from 98 till 2011, so a long time. I was a CFO and then I was head of global support and then head of global buy side sales. And in fact, it was during my time at Trading Technologies when the kernel of what is now Vision Pursue, my new business, started or emerged, it was about 10 years ago, I remember sitting in my office very vividly having these feelings. So just to give you a little bit, go back further. So I'm a small town kid from Kansas. I was the first one uh, to go to college in my family. So I go to college at K-State, I graduate and uh, you know, here I am in my early 40s and doing pretty well compared to where I thought I would do. You know, small town mm-hmm. kid who's really ignorant about the world. So I have a nice office, I have a nice house, I have a vacation home, I've traveled around the world, like all these sort of things that I dreamed of doing. But the realization I had that day was like I was more maybe unhappy than I had ever been in my whole life. When was it that day? Do you remember that day distinctively? I very much do. Okay, so how long ago was it? Describe 
to the listeners and to me, what what was it like? Like, what was exactly that day like, like you said? So I don't remember what was going on that day, but I remember sitting in my office looking down the Chicago River, and I was from the 11th floor of TT looking down to the uh, Merchandise Mart. Beautiful view. Mm -hmm. And again, just sort of thinking, wow, you know, I've done pretty well compared to where I thought I would do. So you had a corner office kind of thing? Corner office. Okay. Big corner office looking down Okay. Looking down that river and just sort of thinking intellectually, wow, I'm in a pretty good spot. Okay. But kind of feeling internally like I didn't feel very good. Like okay. I wasn't enjoying it. Okay. Okay. And which bothered me because what kept going through my mind is what's the point of doing all this, everything I've done, if it doesn't feel any better than it feels right now. Okay. Okay. And that, I didn't have any conclusions that day about what to do about it, except for that was a realization that I wasn't really having what I would call now a good life experience. Okay. Where people would look on the outside and go, well, things are going well for him and he seems happy and nice family and all that kind of stuff, but not really feeling very well. Uh, And then... I had a couple friends that played for the White Sox, and here's what really hooked me. So, when I was talking to one of them, I don't even mention their names, but one of them, in fact, I can mention his name because he told me I could, so it's Scott Pitsednik. And Scott was a guy that, to me, had it all. Played 10 years of Major League Baseball. Okay. uh, Won a World Series, hit a walk-off home run in a World Series, uh, married a beauty queen. Okay. Uh, Like, everything I'd ever wanted to do as a kid, Scott had done. And... I wouldn't say Scott had the exact same life experience I had, but similar. And so that really took me back. And, and, you know, I was told that a lot of people in pro sports kind of weren't really enjoying what they were doing. So even though they had all the successes, the beauty queen, the money, the car, what? And the fame. And fame, yeah, admiration, they were not having the happiness that they crave. Maybe what I would say is the fulfillment. You the know? fulfillment. It's not okay. as fulfilling as they thought it would be. Okay, okay. And so that really started bothering me. So it, it took years for me to start figuring this out. But that was the kernel of, like, I called my discontent where I kind of ended up where I am today. Okay. And so, you know, I go on from there. I didn't really figure anything out. And then I, I went to work for the hedge fund, CTO, or I'm sorry, uh, CTA, Emil Van Essen here in Chicago. Mm-hmm. Very successful group. And I was brought on as the chief operating officer. And I sort of felt like if I go from a vendor to actually a hedge fund, mm-hmm. You know, they, it's instead of being a vendor, I'm actually at a hedge fund, and that's more important. It's more prestigious. More prestigious. Yep. I can make more money, and then that'll make me happier. Well, okay. very quickly, I found out that wasn't happening at all. <laughs> that, that didn't help at all. Okay. Even though, listen, Emil himself is a great guy, and they're a great firm, I, and it's a, it was a great experience. It had nothing to do with them, just internally nothing changed. Okay, so there was a still internal strife and a feeling that something's not right. Something is not right. It's okay. a great way okay. to put it. And and it was at that time I read a book, and just completely randomly, nobody gave it to me, called The Master Key by Charles Honnell. And I don't, people always want to write that book down and go get it, but I wouldn't necessarily say to do that, and I'll tell you why in a second. But the okay. reason why it was pivotal for me is it shifted my focus from the external to the internal. Okay. From at that point, I'm thinking, well, the reason I'm not happy is because I don't have the right job. Or, you know, in our industry, you can make a lot of money and still feel like you're making no money when you compare yourself to people. It's relative, right? That are really crushing it, right? Mm-hmm. And so you think, well, if I made more money or if I had a, this job or if this was happening in my personal life, then I'd be happy. And so that book shifted me that the way you feel about life has a lot more to do with your thoughts and emotions 
than it has to do what's actually happening to you. And we sort of believe we okay, have. Can you repeat again? Because that's a yeah. really important fact. Yeah. So the way you repeat that part again, the way you feel about yourself, what you said. Your experience of life, how you're experiencing life, yep. has a lot more to do with your thoughts and emotions than what's actually happening to you. Okay. Okay. And so that started shifting me. And one of the things that challenged me to do was like notice how you're feeling and then trace it back to how you're thinking. Okay. And so I started noticing there's this voice in my head that's talking all the time and it's mainly talking negatively about what I don't like, what's wrong, what went wrong, and what could go wrong. Okay. And it's almost like a nonstop chatter. Mm -hmm. And when I became aware of that, it was eye-opening to me because I started realizing even the things that were going well in my life where I had a, you know, there's only good reasons to feel good about it, there was still a lot of negative internal chatter. And that negative internal chatter turns into negative emotion. Mm -hmm. And I'll talk more about that in a second. So I started realizing, wow, you know, this is in, this is way more internal than external. Mm -hmm. Now, of course, I had problems. Everybody has problems. Mm -hmm. I'm not saying there aren't any problems. I'm just saying we're compounding them. Our brain's compounding them. Our thought and emotion patterns. Okay. So that was real, the real eye opener for me. Now, the reason why, you know, I don't tell people to get that book is it's sort of solution. I don't think is rooted in neuroscience and has an enduring the effect that I'm trying to get, which is a fulfilling life, but also you're inspired to work hard. Okay. Want both of those things. So it's kind of antidote goes into the positive thinking realm, which is, Hey, I notice all these negative thoughts and I turn them into positive thoughts. Okay. I don't like my job. No, I do like my job or I'm going to get a good job. So you're, you're almost like you're arguing, whatever your brain says, you come up with a counter argument that's more positive. That's your method, or that's, you said, what people typically do? That's what that book was sort of espousing. Okay. Now, I'm, I'm oversimplifying it, but it's kind of like your brain's negative, so picture what you want and be positive. Okay. And you'll draw yourself to that thing you want. Okay. And then why do you say that's not that recommended? Like, yeah, the reason why, you know, I tried that for a while. The reason why I fell away from that, if you look at neuroscience and long-term results, and again, it all depends on what you're trying to accomplish. Mm -hmm. And so, again, what I'm trying to accomplish is that I'm really fulfilled and enjoying mm -hmm. my life. Not mm -hmm. that it's easy and it's all roses. It's not. Mm -hmm. But overall, I'm fulfilled and enjoying it. But I'm also inspired to work hard and do better. Okay. Okay. So instead of operating from a thing of I'm dissatisfied and unhappy and I need to get these things to make myself happy, mm -hmm. right? That's why I'm going to work hard. Mm -hmm. I'm going to sacrifice and delay my gratification and do what others aren't willing to do so I can go get this prize. Okay. Okay. Right? That's not a good formula because that your whole life is chasing that prize. Okay, okay. And so that's what I don't like about that book. So again, where we're trying to take people is, no, I can be happy where I'm at right now. Okay, so you, so, okay, so after that discovery of that, yeah, my question is then how do you, from the self-discovery to then now trying to teach people, you know, both athletes and traders, you know, to live this more fulfilled life, to have this less noise on your head. How did you make that step, right? Yeah, so then, then I became, it became my passion. Well, no, another thing that happened is I saw a video, and it was Dr. Jill Bolte-Taylor. This is a pretty famous TED Talk called My Stroke of Insight. And in this video, she talks about where she had a blood clot in the left hemisphere of her brain. We have two hemispheres of the brain, the left and the right. The left is the analytical part. It's the part we're using right now to talk and mm -hmm. communicate and try to understand one another. And that's the part that's very strong in most people, and that's the voice in your head. 
the it's left side of your brain. The left side. Okay. It's about the past and the future. Am I good enough? What's going to happen to me? Okay. What am I going to do today? How am I going to do it? That's all analytical. Okay. So she loses that. Okay. Totally she's... shuts down. Okay. And, and mind you, she's a neuroscientist working at Harvard University. So you can see how incredible this is. Here's a neuroscientist who only has one hemisphere of her brain. She's having fun with it, right? Yeah. Yeah. So in that TED Talk, she talks about her experience when all of a sudden she had this silent mind. Picture just all of a sudden you ha don't have a voice in your head, no thoughts, there's nothing there. Okay. Just dead silence. I can't imagine that. You, you can't imagine it, right? We can't imagine it because that doesn't happen because the left hemisphere won't let that happen. Okay. So that's what happens. That part's gone for her. So she has this silent mind, only the right hemisphere operating. By the way, everybody should watch this TED Talk. It's really great. And then she talks about how she felt. And she used words like, I felt complete. I was good enough. I'm whole. Uh, euphoric. I was euphoric. And she talked about, I didn't feel this weight of my job and my personal life and all my baggage that I had in my life. It was all gone. Huh. Because okay. that's all just part of that analytical mind. Okay. okay. So kind of what's left is this feeling of completeness, I'm good enough, you know, fulfillment. Okay. Which is hard to even imagine, but that's what she felt. Okay. And so when I saw that, I, I, was, I was, you know, taken back because we all think that everything has to look a certain way to be happy. Right. There was nothing good happening for her. She, in fact, over the next, it took, by the way, to finish the story, it took her eight years to recover. Okay. But she did recover. Okay. She got the left back. Okay. And has a fully functional brain. But the point is, number one, she can't do her job anymore, which is the most important thing to her by far is her career as a uh -huh. brain scientist. At Harvard. Yep. She can't do that. Okay. She doesn't have a personal relationship. She can't even have those. She's in the hospital. She can't okay. do things. And yet she's feeling amazing. Okay. So there's not one good external thing happening on for her, but internally she's feeling great. Okay. So that was like, to me, it was like, wow, okay. you know, it's the brain. Right. And now the problem with her is without the left hemisphere, she's not a functional human being. Okay. So it's okay. It's great. She feels good, but she can't do anything. She can't function. Yeah. So when she gets that other hemisphere of her brain back, she calls this this automatic brain balance she has where she knows that there's this felt, there's fulfillment and contentment and I'm good enough. Okay. But it, but I also have this thing of the analytical brain, which I need okay. to figure out my day and to have goals and what do I want to do. To live life. To live life. Right. Okay. And, you know, to be able to want to connect and contribute and do things instead of just sit around and feel, feeling good, if you know what I'm saying. Yeah. So this brain balance. So that was to me like, wow, that's really cool. How can we make, how can we balance the brain? Okay. Because okay. to me, that's what it's all about. Right. And so positive thinking, and the other book I read is kind of all about taking that left hemisphere and trying to manipulate the left hemisphere versus quieting that hemisphere and just connecting to what's already there. So let me inter um, so interrupt your train of thought with that thinking. So do you think, in your opinion, does cognitive therapy work? You know, the whole idea of like, hey, you're good, for, you know, if like if you tell yourself enough that you're good enough, then you would believe you're good enough, or you, you do something enough and then slowly you will start to feel good about it, right? Does that work, in your opinion? So, I don't know if I'm super qualified to answer this question. I'll just preface of it. Of course not, this. it's just your opinion. But, but I'm gonna tell you my opinion. So, yep. Yeah, so my opinion is that that is not gonna get the job done. So it might help you to do one thing better. It's not going to do something where it's gonna change your life experience. So in other words, I might say, 
you know, I, just take, take a, a child in school who's trying to pump themselves up to get better grades. So they might be able to say, no, I am smart and I can work hard and mm-hmm. kind of do all this positive affirmation mm-hmm. and thinking. And that might help them actually do better than school. Mm-hmm. But their typical day is probably still going to be stressful, annoying, monotonous, and they need to escape from it. So you're saying that even if someone external on external rewards get what they want, right? Or maybe let's say like my goal is, okay, I, you know, I'm so fat now, I need to lose weight, you know, I'll be so slim. But they might, with cognitive therapy, help to reach that goal, right? But at the end, I'm like, no, I, I am slim now, but I'm still living this, I still feel crap. And why is this? Yes, yes, and so many people who do something like that go back to the, their old weight within a period of months. Exactly. And or even gain more. Or even or even gain more, right. and then they feel worse about themselves because you're arguing with the analytical brain. The way it, here's here's my analogy for mm-hmm. it. It's like let's just say I'm an athlete and I only work out the left side of my body. Okay. So my left side's all pumped up. My right side's small. I'm not going to be a good athlete. Nope. And what most people do when they're doing positive thinking and those sort of things, and again, it all depends on how you're doing it, so I don't mean to cast dispersions on it, but I'm just, you're making this left side that's already big, even bigger, and you're ignoring the right side of your body. Mm -hmm. And I think when you get this balance, the symmetry in the mind, just like the body, then you really be an athlete. Mm -hmm. And, And what we believe is that our unhappiness is all about our lack of success or our failures, mm-hmm. when I'm saying it has very little to do with that. Okay, okay. And when you get the brain right, like Joe Balti taylor wasn't able to do anything, wasn't mm-hmm. succeeding in anything and felt good. When you get that right, that creates the framework for success that's actually fulfilling success versus empty success. Like I did all of this, that's, that's describing my story. I went to college. First one to go to college, mm-hmm. I did good, I worked hard, I went mm-hmm. to a, went to a big accounting firm, worked my way up, you know, 40 years old and making money, mm-hmm. and I like all that, it's empty to me. You got the corner office, you got yeah. the, yep. Yeah, yep. and then, so, okay, and well, again, I can, I can look around and go, yeah, but what if I could get here? And then you get there, and then what if I can get here? Yep. 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 And then, one of the things I do, just to jump ahead a little bit, I work with pro athletes and pro coaches, and these are people living their dream. Mm-hmm. Not only are they making the money and they have the fame, they're actually doing what they love for a living. Mm-hmm. And it's almost against all odds. You know, the whole funneling system is so great. You know what I mean? Not, the, the competition's the, unfathomable. Yeah, it, it's amazing. Yeah. yeah. And I can tell you from the work I've done there, I'm not saying every one of them. I'm saying you take a group of athletes and yep. you ask them what a typical day feels like, it's going to look very much like our typical day. Okay. 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 And so we're under this illusion and this belief that external success is going to make us happy and it doesn't and uh and i'm not saying it's the problem i'm just saying it's not the solution i'm saying if you get the solution to get your mind right you can have the internal fulfillment happiness now and that can propel your success in a fulfilling way versus i gotta get there because i'm so dissatisfied and unhappy and if i get there i'll be happy you're flipping the script really okay but you are also um saying the other way around, right? Which, like, that lady that lost her left side of her brain, that I could be really happy, but kind of not really contributing to society, right? Or unmotivated. Can you describe that a bit more? How that manifests in some people, or how does that happen? I mean, are are they the people that are the ones taking the marijuana, or just kind of bitching out, or, like, what what is it like for that? And, you know, and... 
and I mean, maybe that's a life I should like, aspire to, right? I, I'm just yeah. No, it's so. a it's a great it's a great question. So here's the interesting thing about it because our whole thing is, and we measure those things I talked about how how yep. stressful, annoying, and monotonous is yep. your life, how much you're doing escape activities, and we flip that. Our training and the work we do will change your thought and emotion patterns and sort of flip that script. Okay. But the thing is, one of the best ways to flip that script is to tell people to quit thinking they need to be happy all the time and fulfilled and satisfied. Okay. Because it's this belief that life's supposed to be easy and fulfilling and I'm supposed to get what I want and right. do what I love and, right. I, it's, and I'm supposed to find the love of my life that totally fulfills me. And like, it's, it doesn't work like that. Life isn't like that. And so maybe getting ahead of myself. And so what I'm trying to say is I'm definitely not saying we're supposed to be happy all the time. Mm-hmm. I'm mm-hmm. definitely not saying that. And to answer your, your question specifically, what happens is when all of a sudden I'm satisfied with who I am and where I am at, but I'm also, but the other thing that happens is sort of a, now I don't have to go chase things or do things out of dissatisfaction, which can cause me to use people and mm-hmm. do stuff mm-hmm. I hate doing and all that. Now I'm kind of operating out of this thing of, we call it connect, contribute, and create. I don't have to go get what I want. I already have what I want. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That does not going to make me sit on the ho- sit on the couch and lay around euphoric. It really creates this inspiration to connect, contribute, and create. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It becomes not so much about what am I going to get or what am I doing. It becomes I'm going to take wherever I am in life. This is my job. Mm-hmm. This is my personal life. This is my as it is right now. I can actually enjoy that, mm-hmm. and I'm giving to that. I'm not trying to make have the world make me happy, have my job make me happy, have my boss make me happy, right? I'm contributing to them because I already have this internal fulfillment mm-hmm. that Dr. Jill's talking about. Mm-hmm. And Lynette, this is all just a bunch of talk. Mm-hmm. In fact, it sounds crazy to people. The only way you can make this happen is you have to train your brain to get there. This isn't a willful thing where you just say, "Oh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna start loving life and contributing and creating and." you got to get your brain on board to create the thought and emotion patterns that are going to lead you down that road. So how do you, I mean, my, my leading question, of course, is how do you even start to think about it that way, right? Like you said, it's a deliberate changing, right? A, a training, or how do you even do that? You know, that's what my life is all about, and my partners, are, you know, our company is all about how do you take people down that path. Yeah. And through brain training. Okay. And the, the starting point is to come to the realization I came through that this is, it's not an external thing, it's an internal thing. If you're looking into the external world to make you happy, you're looking in the wrong place. Okay, okay. That's number one. Okay. So then number two, okay, I'm going to look internally, what do I do? Yeah. Now a lot of people, again, think about right away, well, I need to be positive, or I need to do what I love for right. a living, or something like that. That's, again, external. that's still looking external. Yeah. Yeah. And so... Again, I'll go back to Joe Balti-Taylor. Nothing externally good was happening for her, and she felt amazing. Yep. So how did she, how can we get there without, you know, severing the left hemisphere of our brain, right? Yep, that makes sense. And so that's what our training is all about. And if you look at the neuroscience around it, there are several things that we teach people to do. And mindfulness and meditation are two parts of that. Mm-hmm. I don't really like leading with that because as powerful as they are and as scientifically proven as they are, I actually think they're two of the least most powerful things we do, although they're, they're an important part of our whole process, but there are a few other things that people could do right away that can make a big difference. Okay. 
And the first thing I, I try to get people to think about is their expectations. Hmm. I'll ask you a question. So if you expect the world to be a certain way and it's different than the way the world is, right. what's your experience going to be? In other words, if you experience, if you expect that traffic's always going to be good and people are always going to be nice and you're always going to like your job and your kids are always going to behave well and yeah. you're always going to be happy with your spouse, what's, your, what's that going to cause in you? I guess the disconnect makes you depressed or angry, right? Yeah, frustrated. Yeah. Disappointed. Yeah. yeah. And so one of the first things we teach people is a, is a phrase we call expect the expected. Hmm. I'll give you a simple example. Do you think it's going to be cold this winter in Chicago? We're already into it here in December. Yeah, yes. <laughs> it's going to be very cold, right. right? How many times do you hear people say, I can't believe how cold it is? All the time. All the time. Yeah. And complaining about it like it's some kind of big surprise. Right. right. Or traffic. I can't believe this traffic. Right. And so it's a weird thing that the optimizing brain is looking around and go, what's optimal weather? What's optimal traffic? How should people behave? Yeah. Right? Which is fine, except for then you got you got to train your brain to expect the expected. Okay. There's going to be rude people. Traffic's not going to be great all the time. Okay. When you travel, there's going to be snags. Okay. You know, it's going to be, you know, all of these things that are, here's a great one, annoying people. Okay. Everybody has annoying people in their life, right? <laughs> Everybody. So think Especially about. family. All right. So, so we just had Thanksgiving, Christmas coming up. I don't know when you're going to release this podcast, but just think about those people that are going to trigger you. Right. And so what we teach people, go in there and go on, hey, Aunt Martha is going to be Aunt Martha. You think she's changed since last Christmas? I don't think she probably has. So she's probably going to come in and do her thing, whatever right. her thing is. Right, right. And so expect it. And that little thing changes the way the brain's going to project emotion and alert you. Let me tell you an experiment I saw that makes this really clear. Okay. All right. So picture a vat of super cold water. Like okay. freezing cold water. And okay. they take a group of people and they stick their whole arm in it. They okay. don't tell them it's freezing cold. Okay. And then they map their brain to see the, the pain centers. Okay. So one group, they don't tell them it's cold. They just jam their arms in it. Yep. Map the pain. Okay. The second group, they go, this water is super cold. Right. But it's not going to hurt you. Okay. But it's going to be really cold and you're going to have this impact. Okay. And then they stick their arms in it and they map the brain. Okay. Who do you think experiences more pain? Actually, that's a good question. I don't know. My instinct would be the one that didn't know that it was cold. Yeah, because your brain's going, what's going on? Yeah, like, it's, right, right. it's alerting shocked. you. It's shocked. Right, right. Where the other one, the brain almost does nothing because you know it's going to happen. Right. And But you also know it's not going to hurt you. Right, right. It's the exact same experience. Yes. And your brain reacts totally differently based only on one thing, your expectations. Now, going back to Aunt Martha. Yeah. You're just going, hey, Mar Aunt Martha's going to be Aunt Martha. Like, and it, it'll be fine. Like, we'll get through it. Like, at the end of the day, it's, what's the big deal? Okay. Like, okay. she's going to say this political thing or this religious thing, whatever she does. Okay. Who cares? Okay. And then you go into it and you'll experience Aunt Martha differently, your brain will. Okay. Okay. So I can imagine, because I took so long to understand what you actually do, but what is your kind of elevator pitch? If, if I'm in an elevator with you and I ask you, like, hey, what do you do? Like, what do you say? to someone, you know, for that 13 seconds, like what, what is like, what do you do? Yeah, I do mindset training. Okay. And, okay. and what I talk about is how we try to impact your automatic thoughts and emotions. Okay. And help people improve their 
focus capabilities. Okay. So most people can't focus their attention, their mind wanders, they have all these thoughts and emotions, right, right. and it's all happening automatically. Yep. Mindset is about training the brain to produce more productive thought and emotion patterns and improve focus. Okay. That's my elevator. So coming back to our investment trading world, what does it do for that trader, you know, once they come into your training, and how long does it take the training? You know, like what, what does it do for them? Yeah, so traders are like every other group we train. We do this life experience when they come in. Mm -hmm. What's a typical day feel like? Mm -hmm. And their typical day is stressful, annoying, monotonous, and you need to escape from most of them. Okay. On average, it's going to be about the same as anybody else. Maybe even a little higher for them. It's a little higher stress job. Okay. And then we're going to take them through 60 days of training. And the 60 days means part of it is one-on-one, kind of like what we just did with expectations. Okay. Train, teaching them about that. Okay. And then the real important part about this isn't like you get information, it's that you actually apply the information to train your brain. Okay. The analogy is like physical training. Okay. If I said, hey, here's a diet and nutrition plan, it doesn't make any difference if you don't okay. go out and exercise and eat okay. right. And so we have an app that takes people through 15 minutes a day of exercises that are going to balance the brain okay. over the 60-day period. So what we're, what we're going to do is 30 days measure, another 60 days of measure. Okay. What's that life experience like? Okay. Okay. And the other measurements that we do on the back end for every group, including traders, is what's your ability to be resilient? When bad things happen, how fast can you bounce back faster now? And how does that affect their irritability or feeling frustrated? Well, how does the resilience help that part? Yeah, because all, all, the lack of resilience is something happened and my mind's playing it over and over again. I'm feeling the emotion. That's what a lack of resilience is. So you were rude to me in a meeting last week. Okay, and I'm pissed. Okay, and now I pissed. can't. I yeah. can't get over it. Why? Because I keep thinking about it, and I keep feeling the emotion of it. I'm not choosing to do that. That's very interesting. So now because I'm not that's resilient. Like, you know, there's a whole thing about grit, and you know, Angela Duckworth talks about the grit part, but you are going it in the other way, the opposite way, talking about what has lack of grit makes. You know, and the lack of grit is almost because you're. Ruminating, what rumin? Ruminating. Yeah, ruminating your brain over and over again, either about other people offending you or about failures, whatever, right? But that stops you from doing what you're supposed to do. But that that's very interesting, huh? Yeah. So a lot of the literature is out there is just saying, "Hey, get over it, move yeah, on." Yeah, just do it. Do it. Everybody would do that. Everybody wants to do that. Yeah. A lot Who of doesn't us... want to be slim? Who doesn't want to be happy without? Yeah. The material stuff. Who? Yeah. Yeah. I always like to say this, you know, everybody thinks health's important yep. and everybody knows how to do it. And everyone knows that they should eat less sugar and exercise. Like, Yeah, I, I always like to say, eat, you know, eat less, move more. Yeah. That's the formula. <laughs> it's not, everybody knows the formula. Yep. Everybody knows it's important. You just can't do it. Why? Because your urges, these chemicals in your brain and mm -hmm. these thought patterns are making it almost impossible for us to do. Okay. And so just tell people, hey move more, eat less, or do you, you got to change the brain. And that's why people will lose the weight and go right back because once they get off, once I reach the goal, where's the motivation? Right, right. Okay, so me and the cynic and me, have you ever came across people that just can't be trained? Like they're like, oh my God, like I need to give them the money back or something like that. Like, like what kind of people can't be trained? That's a great question. So here's my, here's my experience and this is, this is, you know, if people sit and listen to kind of the things I just said, yep. people don't go, oh, this is stupid, it doesn't make any sense. 
they tend to get drawn to it because okay. instead of just positive thinking and you can be a winner and yep, yep. believe what you know yep. like you're starting to talk about the brain and that, that simple expectation experience that's just the tip of the iceberg yep but can you see how powerful that is exactly yeah. so when people hear that they go okay like there might be something to this okay and the other thing is because we work with pro sports teams one of the reasons I love doing that is even if you don't like sports everybody knows that's all about performance Yep. You alluded to it, the competition, like yep. this funnel you got to go through, and all there's all these people ready to take your place. Yep. And so if the this stakes stuff, are very high, the stakes are, the stakes are so high, and and so if this doesn't work, they would never use it. Yep. And so that gives us the credibility we need for people to listen. And but to answer your question, it's very rare that somebody will sit in our class or whatever and go, oh, "This is stupid. I don't want to do it." But what is hard is yep. actually doing it. Doing the app is hard. Why? Well, it's hard. It's easy in that a 10 year old could do it. It's not complicated. Okay, okay. Hard is asking you to do things you don't want to do, like sit down and meditate for eight, eight minutes. Okay. Or, you know, we're so used to using our phones, we just want to be distracted. I want to look at my text or my Twitter or watch TV. And like, okay. this is asking you to stop doing all that. Okay. And there's, gonna, there's mental resistance that happens with almost everybody, especially successful people with really fast minds. Okay. Like a lot of traders, like a lot of people. And so, why it's easy to do in that it's not complicated, the app's asking you to do things that are difficult. Your brain doesn't want to do them. There's a lot of mental resistance. Okay. Okay. It's a little bit like working out. Everybody knows it's good for you, but it's hard to get yourself to want to do it. Okay. Okay. And even though the app's easier, so you don't have to go anywhere, pay anything, you just dial it up and right, do it. Right, right. That's where, you know, when we lose people, isn't because they go, oh, this isn't going to work. Or okay. It's, okay. it's that they can't. It's hard for them to execute. Okay. Okay. And I see, I guess, um, as a trend for that part of it, right, that piece of it that's missing in people when you know what's the right thing to do, but you don't do it as all these kind of online accountability, group, accountability groups, right, whereby we use the human behavior of belonging and not feeling left out and feeling bad if you don't get something done because of the group kind of dynamics yeah. and pressure, then you end up doing it just because other people yes. are expecting you to do it, um, helps, I think. Um, so I, I was very, yeah, I, I'm very intrigued by the number of online groups. Or you know, like how even um, losing weight, there's all these like betting sites that you can say, okay, I'm, I'm putting this to pull the money that I need to lose this pound, and if I don't, like this money goes to someone else who lost it, right? And then that creates that pressure to get it done. Okay, it's a great point because we're go we have to go to these great lengths to overcome our brain. Yeah. That's what you're talking about. Right, right, right. Just and, like, okay. And what I'm saying is change your brain. Train your brain so it starts working more for you instead of against you. Mm -hmm. It's not nirvana. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Like, I still need some willpower. I still have some bad habits. You know, it's not like perfection. I'm just saying it's a totally different life experience than I used to have. Okay, okay. I just don't, I don't wake up at four in the morning thinking about all this stuff. And, right. And when something bad happens, like today there was a big customer I was working on and they told me no for now, you know, that would have really bothered me. I put yeah. A lot, you know, yeah. where I'll get over that in a few hours. Okay. You know what okay. I mean? Where before yeah. I have this resilience, but okay. I still have this burning desire to go get the next one, you know, yeah. it's not because yeah. I don't care. Right, right. And just stuff that used to hang me up, like traffic and annoying people and, that really have nothing to do with my life. Like your brain stops caring about all that. And when I say it stops caring, it quits creating thought patterns and projecting chemicals, yeah. which are your emotions, neurotransmitters and hormones. Then you start to just experience life in a different way. So 
would you say that you're at the happiest point in your life right now? Like if you look back, you know, even from your idea of being a small kid in, in a small town, you know, to now, it, would you say that now you feel like you've reached a sudden point that you're completely satisfied? Yeah, I wouldn't say completely satisfied. I, I would say, you know, since I've been doing this the last three years, since, okay. I, since I changed my brain, okay. there's no question that's been the, the happiest three years of my life. Now, wow. having, am I completely happy and, you know, no, like, like life's life, right? right and the other right. thing that happened in those three years, you get gut punches, right? It doesn't stop you from getting punched in the gut. In other words, tough things happening, yeah, yeah. right? People die, you know, there's heartbreak, there's failure. It's right. very stressful starting your own business. Right. You know, so it's not like my life is some perfect nirvana thing, but it's just a good, you experience all those things differently. In other words, I can go through a tough situation and it doesn't feel good, doesn't last as long, it's not as intense, because, because my brain's not producing the same thought patterns and the same chemical projections on emotions. So to answer your question, yeah, I mean, I, I live a very happy life. Am I happy all the time? No. Do I have problems? Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's mm -hmm. just, it's a totally different plane of life than what I used to live on. Mm -hmm. Okay. Okay. So what is your current kind of life mission? Like, what do you hope or best scenario, best case scenario, or maybe, yeah, what, what would be your... Yeah. Yeah. So one of the interesting things is when you start your own business, mm -hmm. especially when like Vision Pursue, where you're mm -hmm. quote unquote helping other people. Mm -hmm. uh, so many people in our industry, the mm -hmm. trading industry, go to me, you're so lucky because you've got your own thing and yeah. you're out of our industry and you're helping people. Yeah. Like that's the answer. And, uh, you know, what's interesting is I could go back in our industry now and go back to my old jobs and yeah. enjoy them four, four or five times as much as I used to yeah. because of the way my brain works. And in some ways, that would be easier than doing Vision Pursue because Vision Pursue is hard because... You're starting. Yeah. You, yeah. Now, we're at a good spot now where we okay. got some success, but it's still, you know, if I want to fly somewhere, I'm paying for it. If I, you know, everything I have, right, you right, know, right. only make money when I'm making money, all that. So, but to answer your question, like where I want to go with VP is like help as many people as I can. I mean, train... Get this message out that I'm talking about, like life is, you know, to have a good life, it's not external, it's internal. But when you get the internal right, that will free you up to be way better at whatever it is you care about. Because one of the things that happens is there's only a few things that really matter to most people in life. You know, it's their family, it's their health, it's their job and, mm -hmm. you know, their career yeah. and maybe their spiritual life or however you want to talk about that. Yeah. That's really it. Okay. But we get caught up in the traffic and the weather and are the Bears winning or not. And, right. And, you know, and people's politics and all right, this other right. stuff is so jamming us up. We're not even doing it. It takes us away from those things we care about. Right, right. So when you get your mind right, you get this fulfillment and this focus and this clarity. And it's just made me such a better father, you know, as an example. Probably yeah. so much closer to my kids. Just removing that noise, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Which I always wanted that, of course, but you know, when all of a sudden I can pay attention to them and listen to them, and I genuinely, I'm not so distracted with work and everything else, mm -hmm. and the weather and the bear, you know, all these different things that used to be occupying my mind. You, you can. The point is, I'm trying to make it isn't so happy like we talked about before. It isn't happiness just to be happiness? It's this fulfillment and this satisfaction, but also this inspiration mm -hmm. to do good in just a few things. Yeah, yeah. really matter and contributing to the world could be part of that maybe, maybe it is maybe it isn't but I'm just saying you get the room to do that yeah that makes sense the mental space 
Okay. So we're wrapping up right now. Is there any kind of last few words that you want to say to the listeners or something like that's like really important that I did not ask that you think? Yeah, I, th- I thought this went, went well. I thought you brought out yeah. some cool things that I've never talked about before. Usually I get so technical on how to do it. And I felt like this was a little more uh, emotional about the story, which I thought was cool. Yeah, I'm always interested in the story because to me, the story makes people remember and stick and our lives is really a story and what makes us human is because we live by stories right our whole life is a story so i that's why i'm very keen on understanding the story and what you do then the technically you know technicality of how you train people because that's i think to me more important than how you do it um it's the why right um so okay yeah i would i would wrap it up with you know, I already know that most people are feeling a lot of stress, annoyance, and monotony. Okay. I, I realize, doing what I do for a living, you know it. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people feel anxiety and depression, and they feel isolated, mm-hmm. and and they're escaping from that. Yeah, doing a lot of escape activities. And so, the number one, the first thing I tell people is like, if you're feeling that way, you're not alone. Most people are. Almost everybody is to one level or another. Okay. And number two, there's a way out of it, and the way out of it to experience it differently is, is, is the brain training. That's really the way out. And so figure out your way of doing it. We have a way of doing it. Other people have a way of doing it. But mm-hmm. the point is look internally, not externally. Mm-hmm. And realize to get there, it's not just because you want to get there. You actually have to do some work to get there. Mm-hmm. It's going, not free lunch. Right? You have to train the brain. You can't just decide you want to feel less stress and monotony and be more focused and mm-hmm. quit waking up in the middle of the night. And, okay. Like, you have to do some work to do that. And so, even though it might be hard for you to do, car, really 15 minutes a day is all people need to do. Okay. It's okay. figure out it's internal. Come up with a way to train your brain. You know, vision pursue, we have a way. Other people have ways. Okay. Won't argue about what's best. Yeah. Look internally, find your way, make that part of your life. And that'll make you feel better and it will fuel your performance as well, I believe. Okay. Great. Thank you for your time. Thanks Thank you. for having me.